We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the weekend's news was just replete with stuff about Merrick Garland and the raid on President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. I'm going to talk about this one more time because it's very important we understand exactly what's going on and the lack of integrity and consistency coming from the left on this issue. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. So the weekend's news was just loaded up. It was replete with all of this stuff about the FBI raid on former President Donald Trump's home in Florida, Mar-a-Lago. As you know, the FBI came in while he wasn't there. They entered the home. They broke into his safe. They actually rummaged through his wife's closet for documents that President Trump says and his attorneys say were available to the FBI all along. Now, we'll find out whether or not that version of the story is accurate or not. But what we do know is the FBI raided a former president of the United States home for the first time in United States history. It was confusing at first. Did Merrick Garland approve this or did he not? But we now know because he's taken to the national stage, the national podium, to take responsibility for the whole thing. You also know that Merrick Garland has said boldly and confidently as he strutted to the nation's microphone that no man is above the law, no person is above the law here in the United States of America. Now, I hope that all of you listening to the show right now agree with that, that no man is above the law in the United States of America. It doesn't make any difference who you are, what your background is, your socioeconomic status, your career, whether you're in government or whether you're a farmer or a rancher, whether you're a factory worker or a fisherman, it doesn't matter. In the United States of America, no person is above the law. We're all equal in the eyes of justice. Because Lady Justice is blind. She can't see who you are. She doesn't know your name. She doesn't know what your job is, what your net worth is, etc. Lady Justice is blind for a reason, because justice cannot be administered if Lady Justice lifts the blindfold and peeks. If she tries to find out what your political affiliation is, for example... It shouldn't matter whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, a Constitutionalist. It shouldn't matter whether you vote or don't vote. Because Lady Justice shouldn't know. Doesn't know. That's why the image we have of Lady Justice is a woman with a blindfold on holding the scales. She doesn't put her thumb on the scales to tip them in one way or another. And it shouldn't matter in the United States of America, who you are or what your background is. 
So I hope all of you listening right now agree with Merrick Garland's premise, and that is, in the United States, no person is above the law. And then he concluded by saying, I can't say it any more clearly than that. There is nothing, he said, which prevents us from investigating anyone, anyone who is criminally responsible. Close quote, Merrick Garland, the United States Attorney General. Well, that's what I want to talk about one more time on today's show. This is very critical. It's very critical that we get this one right. Otherwise, we're a third world country. We're a banana republic. We're not a constitutional republic any longer. We're one that's corrupt. Standing on the edge of the cliff, ready to throw ourselves over in confusion and arrogance and a quest for power rather than a constitutional republic that has given human beings more freedom, more freedom than any culture has ever realized in the history of human civilization. And yes, I do believe America is exceptional. If you're listening right now and you think that America should be torn down, burned down, deconstructed, and then built back up in some utopian image of George Soros or the Democrat left, then you and I are on different sides of this debate. America is exceptional. We are the exception. We're not the norm. Have we been perfect? No, but the Constitution in and of itself, our seminal documents, from the Federalist Papers to the Declaration of Independence to the United States Constitution, to all the amendments, the Bill of Rights, etc., that have been added thereafter. We are the exception. We are not the norm. And those documents, those seminal thoughts that are represented in those documents are the soap that has cleaned our culture of its failures. I get so sick and tired of these people saying, well, you think that America is exceptional. Talk to minorities and women who weren't treated well at the founding era and several decades thereafter in our country. Why do you think they are treated better now? It's because of the soap of those documents that cleanses our culture as we mature. It's the same ridiculous critique that the left has of Christianity. That Christianity is bad because Christians have done bad things. Well, Christianity is good because it has its own soap that cleanses itself. It's called repentance, revival. It's called restoration. It's called reformation. It's called returning to the true north that the Bible, that Christianity, orthodoxy represents. And therefore, you see this march toward goodness and righteousness and justice throughout the course of Christianity. Christianity is the cleansing soap of culture and of itself because it recognizes that the God of perfection, Jesus Christ, is accurately described in its document, the Bible, scriptures, and therefore reaching toward that true north, that perfection, sanctification, being set apart for holiness unto the Lord, moves Christians toward that goal and culture toward that goal. So don't tell me that Christianity is bad because Christians do bad things. No, Christians do bad things and they recognize that repentance is part of the heart and soul of Christianity and returning to the true north of the ultimate goodness being sanctified toward the ideals 
of the Christian faith is the uniqueness, the exceptional nature of our faith. There's a parallel here between that and our constitutional republic, that self-cleansing nature that the Bible gives Christians and Christian orthodoxy, that self-cleansing. And I'm not saying the Constitution is on equal status with the Bible. Please don't say I said that. I didn't. But there's a parallel here because the Constitution is grounded in Christianity, irrefutably so. I've covered this with you a thousand different times on this show. Our founding fathers grounded our constitutional republic in the Bible. It's just as clear as that. We're not a secular nation. We have religious freedom, yes, but that's a totally different animal than a secular nation. In fact, we have religious freedom because we're not a secular nation, quite frankly. The magic, the beauty, the uniqueness, the exceptional nature of our constitutional republic is evident in our documents. And those documents have served to correct the course of broken men and broken women in America and point us back to the true north that that Constitution is grounded in. So yes, we are exceptional. Well, sidebar, we need to take a break. I want to talk about Merrick Garland and this question as to whether or not the United States of America is a nation of laws or of men. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, so welcome back to The Rebellion. So I want to review this thing one more time. A bit of a repeat from last week, but I want to tie a very tight bow around this argument. It's so critical. Okay, so Merrick Garland approached uh, all of us last week in his public statements. Started on August 10th and then it proceeded thereafter for a couple more days as he explained to the nation that yes, he was behind this, uh, this warrant. He signed off on the raid of President Trump's home in Florida. And the, the key quote here from Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is this. No person is above the law in, the, in this country. I can't say it more clearly than that. There's nothing which prevents us from investigating anyone, anyone, he said, who's criminally responsible. Close quote Merrick Garland last week. Now, this all sounds very principled. And in principle, it is very principled. Uh, you can't help... Uh, but applaud Merrick Garland if this is true and if this is applied universally across all segments of our culture and society. I would stand and give him a standing ovation if indeed that were the case. But here's the problem. It's not. If no one is above the law in this country, then why are so many of the attorney general's own political party not held criminally responsible, to use his language for their past and present actions. See, that's the question we all have to ask. If you really mean it, then you've got to apply that ideal universally across all sectors of society, all political parties, for example. And there are examples, too numerous to count, of Democrats that have not been held, of the political left, the progressives who have not been held to the same standard that Garrick Marlin Marlin, excuse me, is extolling right now. Now, for example, Eric Holder, the Attorney General's own professional and political predecessor. Okay, what about him? When he refused to comply with a subpoena involving illegal arms trafficking. Fast and Furious? And instead of complying with that subpoena, he went to Disney World on the same day that the House of Representatives 
voted to hold him in contempt of Congress was Eric Holder, the attorney general at that time under, Ob- under Barack Obama. Was he above the law? Was he held criminally responsible for his behavior? Why was his house not raided? What prevented the FBI from invading his privacy and searching his wife's closet and wardrobe? How about breaching Eric Holder's fence and front gate and front door? Was Eric Holder above the law? Now, don't say, yeah, but Merrick Garland couldn't do anything about Eric Holder because he wasn't in charge of our Justice Department then. I get that. But you should be speaking about those issues, and how dare you come forward to the national podium and lecture us all, Mr. Garland, about no one being above the law when you've said nothing about people like Eric Holder or Lois Lerner. Was she above the law when she used the IRS to target her political opponents? Or how about her successor, John Koskinen? who destroyed evidence subject to a subpoena. How about that? How about them? Lois Lerner and John Koskinen. Were they above the law? And we all know Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton ignored 17 different Freedom of Information Act requests, FOIA requests. She just ignored them. And she and her staff proceeded to bleach bit their servers and use hammers to destroy phones. Destroy evidence. <laughs> I mean, have, were they above the law? Was her mansion in Chappaqua raided? Was her safe broken into? Was her unauthorized use of classified information sound familiar? Was she prosecuted for that? Was Hillary, Hillary Clinton above the law? Oh, but Merrick Garland couldn't do anything about that. Well, he wasn't in charge then. Again, don't go down that path with me. He wasn't in charge then, but he is in charge now. And if you're going to lecture us and try to teach us about the unbiased application of law to all citizens of the United States of America, then surely you have to acknowledge that that principle has been severely violated by your own party, Mr. Garland. Surely you have to recognize that we're not going to take you seriously unless you speak to these past sins. If you're going to ignore the serious breach of justice and all of these other cases, then why would we take your lecturing, your words seriously now? How about Peter Strzok, the lead FBI investigator who literally wrote, it's, we've got it in writing, where he told the Clinton campaign We will stop Donald Trump from becoming president. This was in 2015. (laughs) Was he investigated for this obvious collusion with Mrs. Clinton and her campaign to subvert America's Democrat process? Democratic process? I mean, we're talking about they're accusing Donald Trump and the MAGA folks of subverting through insurrection on January 6th, the democratic process. But yet you've got Hillary Clinton, who is subverting the American democratic process by destroying evidence. 
and colluding with Peter Strzok and saying, we will stop Donald Trump from becoming president. Well, how do you intend to stop that? Other than using the FBI to do so. Was Strzok's residence raided? Was his safe cracked? Was he above the law? Then we've got Hunter Biden and pictures on his laptop that show him using cocaine and engaging in the solicitation and the use of prostitutes. Not to mention the abundant proof of money laundering with nefarious foreign powers. Is Hunter Biden above the law? Oh, well, he's being looked into now. Well, what about during the campaign when it was really relevant? Why was it ignored? The media and the Democrat Party, Merrick Garland's party, was complicit in just ignoring this. Hunter Biden, because of his name, apparently was above the law. And then there's the big guy that Hunter Biden refers to in all of these documents, who seems to be aiding and abetting him in all of the above. Should the big guy's residence be raided? How about his files confiscated? Is the big guy above the law? Hmm. And then we've got the poster child. The poster child, at least I would argue, of this conundrum. Bill, Bubba Clinton. You know, the guy who perjured himself when he said, under oath, I did not have sex with that woman. Close quote. Was he above the law? How about when he was accused, credibly so, of raping multiple women, and these women were just silenced? Maligned, oh, they were disparaged in the news because you're supposed to believe all women except the women who accuse Bill Clinton of rape, I guess. Was he above the law? Was Bill Clinton above the law? I mentioned to you last week Gavin Newsom. Don't forget that Gavin Newsom flaunted Californians, excuse me, California's laws. Gavin Newsom flaunted California's laws. Proposition 8, which was passed by a majority vote of the people of California, codifying marriage as between a man and a woman only. Gavin Newsom flaunted it when he was mayor of San Francisco and officiated gay marriages when they were still illegal, illegal in the state of California as well as across the country. Was Gavin Newsom above the law? Why wasn't he prosecuted? Why wasn't his office raided? Why wasn't he held accountable, criminally accountable? I mean, the list could go on and on and on, and I shared some of it last week. The duplicity here, the hypocrisy, is nearly endless. And in fact, the stuff I, I'm going to cite right now is just, a, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Planned Parenthood. Selling human body parts. Caught on camera. A secret expose. They're caught on camera. Admitting to the sale of human body parts on the open market. Is Planned Parenthood above the law? Well, you say that's not illegal. Check out the United States Code. It is illegal to traffic in body parts. Some people will argue differently, but it seems to be pretty clear, pretty clear, that it is, it is illegal to traffic in human body parts in the United States of America. 
And here's a question for you. If you're saying it's not illegal, oh my land. That's another show. Really, you're going to argue that it's fine to sell babies' body parts that you've torn asunder, that you're going to harvest their lungs and their, their brains and their hearts and their livers, and you're going to sell those body parts for profit under the auspices of planned parenthood. Incredible. And here's the kicker. These sanctuary cities that house, invite, celebrate illegal immigrants. Stop and think about the (laughs) illegal immigrants. Aren't sanctuary cities, by definition, saying they're above the law? And why isn't Merrick Garland doing anything about that? They're illegal immigrants. If no one in the United States of America is above the law, then why are you not prosecuting immigrants that are illegal and those that are aiding and abetting that illegal activity? Aren't you, by definition, saying that these places and these people are above the law because you're doing nothing about it, Merrick Garland? And this case of Jeffrey Epstein, his black book. Why why don't we know who these Johns are that are in this book? Why why don't we know? Why has no one disclosed this? Why has why hasn't why haven't any of these people been prosecuted? I'm, when will there be a warrant issued for the search of their homes and their documents, their photos, their travel records? When will we do that? It appears that everybody in Epstein's Black Book is above the law. And you know it. You know what I'm saying right now is true. If if the shoe were on the other foot, you know darn well if Donald Trump were in that Black Book and involved in using his private jet, as all of these wealthy men were doing, to fly around the world to engage in raping minor girls, which is exactly what they're doing. It's called statutory rape. They're, that's what Epstein was trafficking in. Underage girls for sex, and all of these wealthy men flying in their private jets around the country to engage in this criminal activity, we don't even know who they are. Merrick Garland has done nothing to lead the charge against these folks. And and here's a pet peeve of mine. Teachers unions, like the National Education Association, the NAE, they're ignoring statutes, laws. They're ignoring laws that are on the books, such as the Child Protection Restoration and Penalties Act of 1991. I mentioned it last week. This act explicitly criminalizes the knowing possession of child pornography. That's its language. Well, isn't this teachers' union, and aren't the teachers and administrators, principals and superintendents, claiming to be above the law if they support the grooming of your children with books like Gender Queer and Flamer, 
that contain graphic pictures of adult men having sex with underage boys. Aren't these organizations and the teachers that align with them, not all teachers, not all principals, you got some good ones out there, but if you are a teacher or a principal or a superintendent and you're not speaking out against the National Education Association and all other ancillary unions that represent this blatant, this blatant child abuse, grooming of minors with pornography. How can you argue that a picture of an adult man having sex with an underage boy is not pornography? And why in the world is that in your school's library or in your school's curriculum? These people are breaking the law. They're in violation of the Child Protection, Restoration, and Penalties Act of 1991. You've got thousands of cities across the country that still have penal codes against vagrancy. Are there mayors above the law when they ignore tent cities across the uh, across their communities that are littered with used drug needles and human feces it, all over in streets, in some cases in people's front yards? Public parks, parks are unusable now. Are these people above the law? Here's the closer kick and the kicker, guys. Aristotle once said this, it's more proper that law should govern than any one of its citizens. And upon this principle, it is advantageous to place the supreme power not in some particular persons, but in the law, which is the only guardian of freedom. That's a paraphrase, but that's what Aristotle said. He, he went further. He said, passions influence those who are in power. Law is reason without desire. Law mitigates the passions, in other words. These words were the precursor to what Lord Acton said famously when he warned that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And it, it's this discussion, Aristotle and Lord Acton and others, that led to our founding fathers giving us a constitution that was grounded in what John Adams said, that to the end it may be a government of laws and not men. That's what Merrick Garland is talking about when he says that. It's a great principle. It's a great principle. We stand and applaud you, Merrick Garland, for parroting that principle. But Unless you start confronting these inconsistencies, why should we believe you? Maybe Merrick Garland would do well to remember all of this stuff the next time he takes to the national microphone and pretend he really cares about enforcing our nation's laws. Why would we believe him? Why would we believe him until he does? until he confronts everything equally and not just a political adversary. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.